So our scripture today is from Matthew chapter 5, beginning at the 38th verse, continuing to the end of the chapter, mindful of our theme of taking the journey in other people's shoes. Jesus is speaking in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, and he says this, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give him your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. I suppose there are at least two times of the year when we settle down to do some accounting. The first one, of course, is April 15th, the deadline for the submission of our taxes. We, we take a look at the ledger, what we made, what we spent, what we gave away, and we settle up with the government. The other time of accounting is the one that likely most of us have been through the last several days, the end of the old year and the beginning of the new one. We look back and we take stock of the year past and wonder about our own personal ledgers. It was the, maybe the best of times, maybe it was the worst of times. Our Christmas letters do a pretty good job of focusing on one side of the balance sheet, the positive side, not so much the negative, but the negative is always there. And maybe what we hope most of all is that the ledger ends up fairly even. Pluses, minuses kind of even out. We, we don't always expect to win the lottery, but maybe what we at the very least expect is to be even, to stay even, to keep even, hold our head a little bit above water, assets equaling liabilities. Even is a big thing, isn't it? It's the universal principle of fairness. Are we even? Even Stephen? Did I get my fair share? Did you get your fair share? Was I taken advantage of? Did I get a fair price? Our whole economy is based on things being relatively even. I work hard, make a little money. You work hard, you make a little money. It's the American way. Even, even is a big thing. I get what's due me, you get what's due you, quid pro quo. We like it when things are even. The thing, though, about being even or staying even or keeping even or desiring even is that a lot of times it can turn into getting even. When we feel like we don't get the fair shake or an even break, we have this visceral response to get even. You took this from me, I'll take this from you. 
I want what's mine. I'm here to collect on what you owe me. I don't get mad. I get even. You owe me an apology. There's keeping even, there's staying even, but then there's this getting even. And the thing about getting even is that it never, ever ends very well. In the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, Huck Finn is taken in by, his, by a family, the Grangerfords, and he is befriended by the youngest of the Grangerford children, Buck Grangerford. He admires Buck, but one day Buck takes aim with his shotgun at a man from the neighboring family, the Shepherdsons, and tries to kill him, but he misses with his shot. Which prompts Huck to ask Buck why he took aim at the man. The following dialogue ensues. Did you want to kill him, Buck? You bet I did. Why? What did he ever do to you? Well, he never did anything to me. Well, then why did you want to kill him? No reason, just because of the feud. What's a feud, Huck asks. Well, Buck says a feud works like this. Man gets in a fight with another man and kills him. Then that other man's brother kills him. Then the rest of the brothers from both sides go after each other. Then the cousins get involved. Pretty soon, everybody's been killed off and the feud's over. <laughs> this all happens kind of slowly and takes place over a long time. Getting even never ends well. Just ask Romeo and Juliet, the Hatfields and the McCoys, the Catholics and Protestants of Northern Ireland, the Palestinians and the Israelis, Republicans and Democrats, for God's sake. Getting even never ends well. And we get even in all sorts of ways, lawsuits, grudges, not speaking to each other, backstabbing, gossip, withholding forgiveness, political arguments. We have all sorts of ways of getting even. I'll teach you. I'll just never speak to you again. Getting even never ends well. I worry about this with our most recent attack in Iraq, which may explain why Jesus submits for us a brand new social, political, and economic theory, the theory of unevenness. If being even, staying even, can sometimes lend itself to getting even, Jesus walks into the classroom and says that what about being all right with being uneven? If anyone strikes you on the right cheek, Jesus says, turn the other also. If anyone tries to sue you for your coat, give your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him the second mile. Give to the beggar. Don't refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In other words, don't worry about being even, staying even, getting even. That will drive you crazy early to your grave and ruin the best of families. No, the divine economy is all about being all right with being uneven. Because unevenness comes when you're paying less attention to your own ledger and more attention to somebody else's. Unevenness comes when the currency with which you transact with others is not the currency of cash, but the currency of grace. Oh, no one anything, says Paul, except to love 
one another. Unevenness comes when you're more interested in walking in somebody else's shoes than you are your own. When you sense that your fortune is connected to somebody else's fortune. And Jesus says, this is what makes the world go round. Wall Street says, money makes the world go round. The Pentagon says, military might makes the world go round. Madison Avenue says, style and fashion makes the world go round. But Jesus says, Jesus says that grace is what makes the world go around. Being comfortable with being uneven. And deep down we know that's true. Deep down we know that whatever fortune that has come our way has had to do less with our brains and brawn and more to do with being at the right place at the right time with the right people. We know that the most significant moments of our life have come when we have gotten more than we deserved. It's the widower I talked to several months ago, and when I asked him to tell me about his recently departed bride, all he could choke out was, there wasn't enough I could have done to deserve her. It's the woman who moved down to Florida to take care of her parents, and she says to me, you know, they gave me my life, my home, my education, my start in the world. And so these next couple years of taking care of them, oh, oh, that's a drop in the bucket. It's the owner of a company who remembers the investor who took this crazy chance on him. And now he's at this great place and he says, somebody back in my life took this huge risk on me. So now it's time for me to take some gambles on some other people. Grace is getting more than you deserved. And in turn, it's being all right with being uneven. Grace, Jesus says, is what makes the world go round. And here's the thing. Grace begins when you realize that the unevenness you have experienced has been likely more in your favor. You see, that's, that's the great epiphany on this Epiphany Sunday, that moment when we realize that the thumb has been on our side of the scale. The unevenness has worked to our advantage. And when it dawns on you, this, this grace in your life, something shifts, you're not, you're not worried about being even anymore. You're worried about what it means to walk in somebody else's shoes. Never judge a man, we say, until you walked a mile in that person's shoes. And though he may slap me, sue me, go ask me to go the extra mile, though his shoes may appear too small or too big, grace is what makes the world go round. And getting even never ends well anyway. The wise men leave little baby Jesus, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they go home not even expecting a thank you note? What's that about? It makes me think of the one Christmas when our daughter was young and she had expressed the desire to receive for Christmas a certain high chair that she could use for her baby dolls, a, a certain high chair, not just any high chair, a certain high chair. And Amanda had ordered it long before Christmas and it came weeks before Christmas and it was my promise to put it together before Christmas. 
Every few days, Amanda would remind me to put together the chair, and for me it was, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. December 22 rolls around, and I finally get around to putting together the high chair. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I cannot put together two pieces of a two-piece puzzle. But miracles of miracles, I finish putting together this high chair. And just as I finish, I realize that I have put the tray of the high chair on backwards. Not easy to do, but I did it. So in my, effort, in my effort to remove the backwards tray, snap, I break it. I break it. It's December 22nd, and I have a broken high chair tray in my hands. What am I going to do? I can't give this unassembled tray, high chair to my daughter. My life passes in front of me. So the next morning, I call the toy company, and I tell the guy on the phone my problem. And I'm honest. I, I tell him of my procrastination. I tell him of my, of my engineering ineptitude. I tell him I was responsible for the piece being broken. And you know what the guy on the phone tells me? He says, Mr. McConnell, you're in big doo-doo. <laughs> These were not tidings of comfort and joy. I said, you're right, I'm in big doo-doo. Is there anything you can do to help me? Silence. And then, Mr. McConnell, he says, we're FedExing you a new tray. It will be on your doorstep tomorrow. Merry Christmas. The thumb got put on my side of the scale. Someone stepped into my raggedy old shoes and figured out, I was in big doo-doo, and in the end, I got more, more than I deserved. The unevenness on my side of the scale again. Grace is what makes the world go round. And don't you wonder if now, at the beginning of this year, it's time to start wondering about a new economy. Do unto others, Jesus says, as you'd have them do unto you. And you know, I wanted most from people. What I wanted most from people is just to understand just a little bit of what it means to walk in my shoes. What I wanted most from people is just a little break, a little grace, because I ain't perfect, far from perfect, and I can't imagine the hundreds of thousands in my life who have loved me despite who I am. And I can imagine the hundreds and thousands in my life who are asking the very same thing of me. Love me despite who I am. And that is what makes the world go round. And that's why Jesus invites us to this table and he says, here is more than you deserved. More than you deserved. Here is the divine economy. Here is the greatest unevenness of it all. Here is where the divine thumb gets tipped on the scale in our favor. Here is where the divine feet get put into our ragged shoes. Here is where sin is forgiven and we move on. We move on to the shoes of other souls, the shoes of other sizes, 
to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven us. A grace that makes the world go round.